Hey, Zach, do you like a lot of movies? Uh, no, I don't, actually. Well, I think we should give one movie we haven't seen a shot. Come on, just try it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Just Try It, the podcast about two friends who are trying to broaden their horizons with the hopes that you might expand yours. I am actual bird person Gabriel Clark, joined by me, as always, the one, the only, Simply Zelp, Zach Blaze. Zach, it's a new show. Hello, it's a new show. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Apparently, uh, we are joined in, not by Simply Zelp, Zach Blaze, but uh, Brian Blessed, <laughs> who is the greatest person to have ever lived. We've learned so much about Brian Blessed this week. <laughs> this is Just Try It. Uh, this is a brand new show uh, where we take a theme each week. We try something within that field that we're not really familiar with, and then we recount our experiences and find what we've learned. Because at the end of the day, one of the most important things that we as human beings can do to grow and change is really to be receptive to new ideas and new concepts. Um, and it doesn't really need to be like turning over a completely new leaf. It can just be little things, you know, like um, eating a new food or, or taking a class you always wanted to try or something like that. So every small everyday things that can go towards making a better you. So we decided uh, we would take the initiative to try that uh, by doing the show. Uh, so the first episode, we're going to talk about a movie that we hadn't seen before uh, that we think the other should try. So, Zach, what movie did I get you to watch? You had me watch The Fall, um, which I had never heard of. I, I personally never watch movies, or very rarely I do. Uh, I don't think I have the attention span usually for a full movie. Right, right. So, The Fall Yes. is... Well, I'll, I'll go into the summary, I guess, when we actually talk about it. Um... You had me watch The Fall, and I, in turn, gave you the 1980s cult classic science fiction movie... Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Which was nothing I could have ever expected. Yeah. It was, like, it is... If you have if you haven't heard of it, we're going to get more into it uh, a little later on in the show, but uh, for me, as somebody who not only appreciates uh, beautiful cinema, like The Fall, I also love bad cinema. Mm -hmm. So... Flash Gordon was, like, nothing beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah, and for me, I guess, who doesn't watch much cinema at all, I'm kind of turned off by, uh, you know, summer thriller kind of schlock movies. Uh, yeah. The Fall was a very interesting one as well. Um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about The Fall first. I think that's a good place for us to start. Okay, let's take a quick um, break. Yeah. And we will get back to it. First segment where we're going to talk about Zach's movie. Um, Zach, I'm going to just get into a little bit of fun facts about the movie before we get into your thoughts. Okay. The Fall is a 2006 film directed by a uh, visionary director named Tarsum, who has directed a handful of films at this point, but this is often considered to be his masterpiece. Um, it is a sort of a dramedy, I guess about uh, a, a Hollywood stuntman in 1920s uh, Los Angeles who injures himself doing a big stunt. Uh, he goes into the hospital, a paraplegic, and befriends a young Indian girl named Alexandria. Uh, the two of them uh, begin to tell a story about five adventurers uh, who all have their own wild stereotype. Um, it very much is 
uh, like 1920s silent film level of um, storytelling and characterization and all that. Uh, and they're fighting against this evil governor. Um, and he always stops the story at specific parts. And we'll get into why a little bit later. Uh, but Zach, give me your initial thoughts finishing the film. So this is very much an art film, I think it's fair to say. Yes. Like this isn't something that gets rolled out every year for Transformers. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. Uh, it's a really beautifully shot movie. Um, and I kind of alluded to it. I, I don't have any background in cinematography. Like I, I am not a film critic, but you can tell that a lot of work went into making these shots happen. And it, it did actually. Uh, Tarsum spent a lot of his own personal funds uh, he shot the film over four years, um, and he felt it very... It's, there's a term in um, directing known as auteur. Mm -hmm. It means that you have your own specific vision, and the people that you cast are entirely meant to carry out that vision to its fullest. Um, granted, he did so in a way that's very unconventional for Hollywood. All of the main actors, the main and supporting cast, were paid equally for their roles, oh, rather rather than uh, based on their impact in the film. So the young girl got paid the same as Lee Pace, who plays the stuntman, who gets paid the same as the five characters in the and the the story that he's telling. Um, one thing that I think makes the film interesting for me as somebody who's more experienced with cinema is the dynamic that they, um, Alexandria and Roy have with each other. Um, because the, the, sh the scenes that they shoot together are very intimate because, you know, in, you're in a hospital bed, you've got the curtain all around you. Um, what I've read is that during shooting, they closed off the blanket. So this young, this five-year-old girl could talk to this older man and they could have their scene play out naturally. Okay. Rather than ha having her be watched by everybody and be kind of scared by that. Right. Um, and you can tell, like, a lot of their scenes feel really natural. Like, the way that um, Alexandria uh, tries to... Struggles to try and find the right words to ask the question that she wants to ask. And she has to do it a couple of times. Not that that's a detriment to her, but it just feels like... It, do it doesn't feel like she's reading a stilted line off of a page, you know? It, it gives the scene a lot more... Uh, natu of a natural feel, I think. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned beforehand, like, or you just said now, this took place over four years, the filming did. Yes. And you mentioned before we watched it, like, you can tell that her English gets better as the filming goes on because they shot this chronologically. Right. And it's something, like, it doesn't get called out in the movie. It's not a plot point, but it's just something that fits into the background so perfectly. Like, of course she's learning. She's getting stories every day from this guy. Yeah, and she's learning new words and stuff. Um, one more thing that I thought was just so genius, um, Tarsum, the director, and Lee Pace uh, agreed to keep his um, ability to walk a secret from the rest of the crew. Okay. So, on top of the natural feeling of Alexandria talking to Roy, the young girl truly believes that this guy is actually a paraplegic right so he had they had the entire crew fooled into thinking that this guy stayed in bed so and he stayed in bed for a lot of the shooting but there was at one point where lee pace was standing and like a crew member walked in and like nearly fainted <laughs> which is really i think is very interesting yeah um uh tell me a little bit more about um 
how you think the different kinds of shots that were used because you said it was shot very beautifully but i wanted to get kind of a feel of like how you felt about the different kinds of shots that went into it i mean I guess the, the thing that stands out to me is a lot of, like, the symbolism that goes into a lot of these shots. Um, things like the, the bandit. Uh, yes. The, the masked bandit. One of the five in One the story. Five, yeah. yeah. Um, when his brother is killed, there's this shot of the five of them standing kind of isolated in the desert. Mm-hmm. That's another thing about it. There's really not... There aren't extras in the story shots. You know what I mean? So, like... These five people are stranded on an island, and there's this wide shot of the island, and there's five of them on it. And then they're going on a trip to wherever they're going. You know, they're going through the desert, and they're the five there. And then... there's a Yeah, there's a lot of use of uh, spacing. Yeah. Giving a sense of scope, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, like, everything that you see on the screen is important. That's the impression I get. Like, there aren't... There isn't a city shot where there's extras in the background that are doing nothing but filling space. Yeah, it just you know? feels... Like it, it feel every shot feels purposeful, whether it's yes. very, very far away or very close and intimate. And, and I, I think that stood out especially. Like there was a shot um, where it was the introduction of the Italian, the uh, demolitions expert. Yes, yes. Um, and his introduction was that he had been slandered by Governor Odious. Yes. And nobody wanted to talk to him. So you actually get that shot without extras, and it's purposefully done that way. He's isolated, and there's this wide shot of, you know, this beautiful Italian city with nobody in the shot except for him wandering through the streets. Yeah. It's just like this gorgeous, symbolic, great application of, I guess, negative space. Right, if right, I had right. To name yeah, it. no, you're, that's, that's right. Um, but anyways, that was a tangent. Um, yeah, things, the symbolism like, uh, when the mass bandit's brother is killed by the governor, um, the five of them are in the desert, kind of isolated, and there's this enormous white sheet. It's got to be, you know, 50, 60 feet tall. Right. Uh, and he touches the sheet as he's proclaiming that he'll oh, get revenge. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the sheet just, like, starts soaking in blood out of nowhere from his hand. It's just this gorgeous, like... A little heavy-handed, but, like... I mean, yeah, but like maybe he, that's why it stands out to me. You kind of have to be, because it's, like... Um, he describes the story lead uh, Roy does uh, at the, when he begins to tell it is it's going to be an epic. Yeah. And Alexandria isn't familiar with the word, and I feel like he goes out of his way to tell that style of story. But it isn't all like serious symbolism and stuff because there is kind of a lot of schlock in it. Sure. Well, so there, yeah, there's kind of a, a dichotomy, I guess, between the the scenes shot in the hospital, which is meant to be you know real life, and the scenes that are shot as part of the that nested story that Roy is telling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got all these brightly dressed um, people with like blatant quirk. You know, the, the Indian brushes his brow when he's anxious. Yeah. Um, the demolitions expert has this giant yellow robe with like orange flames on it. Uh, Charles Darwin has the monkey with him. Uh, Wallace. Yeah. Uh, you know, the mask bandit has the mask. Um, and who am I missing? The, uh, the ex-slave. The ex-slave. Yeah. Um, and he was wearing, was it a hoplite costume? Yeah, he had like, like a, the a he had Greek, like the big the Alexander, horned... the Alexander the Great. Oh well, that was a separate scene, I guess. But, that, yeah, that was a separate. But yeah, story. so they've all got these very garish costumes, garish behaviors, and then you get to the hospital. You know, it's it's a 1920s hospital, so you know Roy's in the bed. There's like a linen curtain around him. Um, Alexandria has an arm. Yeah, uh, she's got rack. like a cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's people delivering ice, there's people delivering oranges. It's not, 
very heroic. Yeah, it's not all. very interesting. But it, it makes an interesting uh, comparison. Yeah, I just like some... There were some moments in the dialogue that I, I found myself laughing at where um, Roy was like, um, the bandit decided that they needed a plan. And the bandit just goes, we need a plan. Yeah. Just like stuff like that. Like, um, it's supposed to be this epic tale and it's just kind of like, this guy only has so many um, talk moving pictures to go off of. So it's... Right. Um, a lot of the scenes are like not very well written, and and I feel like that was intentional, right? Well, yeah. So you you could see it that way. I also saw it as like he's telling this story to a five year old girl with a limited vocabulary. Like if he says that the bandit wants to have a plan, that's what the bandit's going to think in her mind, or what the bandit's going to say in her mind. She's not going to come up with some extended monologue for him in the story. Um, so I think I can try, kind of spread in, uh, tread into spoiler territory here. Talk talk uh, me through about how the story kind of wrapped itself up. Um, so, as the movie's going through, uh, Roy is telling this story to Alexandria, who's kind of the the child of the hospital. Right. right? Um, he realizes that she is in with all the doctors and the nurses and everyone, you know, the sisters. So he tries to get her to get him morphine. Yep. Uh, the reason is... His wife left him for the lead actor on the movie he was injured in. So he's suicidal for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, and he is telling the story, and he's getting to like the most exciting part, and he says, Well, actually, you know, I'm pretty tired. Um, I, need some, I need some morphine to help me sleep. Uh, if you go get me a bottle of morphine from the dispensary, I can finish the story. Um, and she keeps screwing it up because she doesn't read English. It's... Oh, this is this is good. Um, there's a specific scene where um, uh, Roy has a piece of paper that says morphine on it. Yep. Um, Alexandria spells the. She, he says, "Can you spell these? Can you spell this word?" And she goes, "Yes, I can read it." And she goes, "M O R P H I N three. Yep. That was not scripted. Really? She legitimately th- misinterpreted the e as a three so tarson was like oh that's brilliant yeah that's brilliant because that's Let's... actually a major because she, only, point she, she only she only gets him three tablets out of the, the out of big the bottle. bottle of morphine and she throws the rest away and he's just like what the, f- what what? the I, didn't, I didn't say three she said yes you said it's m-o-r-p-h-i-n three so i got you three and that was that was like that was moment was not scripted oh, that's at all brilliant. i didn't know that um another just like hmm this film felt so natural in a lot of ways. Uh, and that's just, I think, my favorite example. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, so, anyway, yeah, so, um, yeah, he's trying to get her to bring him morphine. And the first time, she only brings him three. The second time, uh, she gets him a bottle, like a full bottle, and he takes it. And I was, like, all worked up at this point because he's trying to finish the story and he's, like, you know, drifting off. And it's and it's showing in like the story as well. Yeah, you can see the characters are all like waiting for the bandit just to save them, and he doesn't. And and he's stumbling around and dying instead. Um, and then it turns out that they were actually giving. What did she she stole the bottle that was being given to another patient? Yep. And the patient was a hypochondria. He or he was pretending to be sick so he could get drugs. Um, so they were giving him sugar because I guess yeah, that's plus, what you would do in plus, the twenties. Placebos essentially. Um, so Roy is livid, like, he's, he's trying to end it, and he was just given a bottle of sugar pills, labeled as morphine. So he throws a fit, 
because he has failed to to do what he's trying to do. Uh, they put him kind of into solitary confinement. Con- yeah, not confinement. Well, I guess it is. He's not moving anywhere. Um, but they they put him in solitary quarters. Uh, and she feels guilty because she's saying to the sister, you know, he needs. He said he needs this medicine to sleep. Um, so she sneaks down to the dispensary, tries to get the bottle, slips on a syringe as she's up on the shelf and cracks her head. And breaks her leg, too, I think. Maybe breaks her leg, yeah. There's, there's this it very was, symbolic... It's, it was a very... It's a very hastily shot scene. Yeah. Um, well, I don't get the impression it was hastily shot, but it's definitely not clear well, what's like, happening. Meant, yeah, it's meant to be like several things are happening at once, and Alexandria's rushed to surgery, and she's drifting out of consciousness. Right. Um... So then there's this, oh my god, a heartbreaking yeah. finale to this story where um, Lee Pace is slumped over in this wheelchair. Drinking a bottle of whiskey. Um, and she's asking him to finish the story. And he says, listen, there's no story. Like, this, I, I made it up because I wanted to get something from you. And she insists. And this guy is getting drunk, more and more drunk. And is like killing off all the characters trying to tell her like listen there's no happy ending here that not every story has a happy ending these guys all die and that's what's best because he believes that for himself yeah and i guess i didn't say it explicitly he's very clearly symbolized by the masked bandit in this story yeah um he's he's killing off all the characters and governor odious turns out to be the um the lead actor that stole his wife from him um, and he's saying, like, listen, Odious comes, and he kills the ranger. And the ranger is dead, and there's no reason for the ranger to be alive. And Alexandria is pleading in the bed, like, please let him live. It was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, and you can you can feel the moment where he realizes, holy shit. I can't let this kid down. I can't let this kid down, and I can't kill myself. Yeah. Like, sh- there's somebody who I'm important to. And at that point, the story turns around. You know, the bandit recovers... Um, kills Odious, or knocks out Odious. Odious ends up falling on his own sword. Yeah. Um, and he tells the girl that Odious stole from him, the uh, the sister, to pretty much go get bent. Yeah. And that's the end of that story. Um, um I, th- I think the, the twist in the knife, this poor guy, he's just trying to, um, the, so the scene he shot, they watched the movie that he was a stuntman for Yeah, him. and this was something. This was kind of a revelation to me. I didn't realize that this story that he's telling was really a. It was an analog to the movie he was filming. Right, right. Um, um, which goes back to what you said. He probably hasn't had that much experience. Um, so the final twist of the knife for this guy. He has. He's had his uh, mobility taken from him. He's had his wife taken from him. And the big shot that he was shooting, that he nearly gave his life to shoot was replaced in yeah, the final it was, it cut of the cut. movie. So they're screening this movie and all the actors are there and it was interesting that the actors were all the actors or they were all the people representing the uh, people in the story. Yeah, like the Iceman was the ex-slave. And, yep. um, um, so, yeah, that shot is cut and he kind of just laughs at it. Like, <laughs> you kind of like, what the fuck? Oh, whatever. Uh, but, like, everybody loves the movie. And then... The end of uh, the film is Alexandria in her now improved English, so like you know, in the future. Yep, she's back um, at the orange field where she works at with her family. Yep, she's working in the orange field and she's like talking about how much she loves seeing Roy in films because she can see 
Or is it Roy specifically? Or is... Yeah, because she claims to see Roy in all of these different things. Oh, okay. Um, maybe but not, it's, maybe but it's, it's not. But, but it's like clips of, like, Charlie Chaplin and... Yeah. It's um, the stunt. She sees the stuntman. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's a it's really a, cute scene. It's a she's very just, touching ending. She's just, like, rambling about how much she loves seeing the stuntman and thinking of Roy and... Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so, I guess final thoughts on this? Like... This is a really good movie. Yeah. Like, I, I, I said it before, I, I'm not into, like, three-act, mainstream, uh, summer thriller garbage. Which is why, like, we've watched a couple of, like, non-formative movies before, like Snowpiercer, yeah, yeah. Um, Primer, um, so I figured this would be a little bit outside of that barrier in terms of, like, um, sequential events happening, but... Uh, I felt like this would be a good experience for you and a very emotional one. Um, and I'm glad that it, it resonated with you the way that it did. Yeah, um, this is absolutely... This is probably a movie I should watch again now that I've had some of the revelations that come up through the movie. Yeah. But uh, I would absolutely recommend this. Um, it's a long movie, but it's worth it. So we're going to take another quick break. Yep, we'll take um, a... We're going to take an actual break. We're actual gonna take, break. We're going to take a... Just a mental stretch break with a little segment we want to try. And then we will turn the tables on Gabriel, uh, who watched a, a considerably just... less quality film. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Uh, Zach, tell us a little bit about this new segment, Someone Else Tried It. Yeah, so... Each week, we're each going to try a new thing, but uh, sometimes trying something does not go as well as you expect it to. Nope. Uh, the purpose of trying something is to see if you like it, and sometimes you don't. Or sometimes you shouldn't. Uh, someone else tried it is, I guess, us looking back at something that somebody tried that was maybe not a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, something that, it's good that they tried it, but now they know not to do it. Um, so this week... Uh, we have identified a clip from the early 60s from the Flintstones. It is an advertisement for Winston, and I'm going to drop it all here, I think. Uh, Winston, please email me if you'd rather not be there, and I'll be happy to take it out. They sure work hard, don't they, Bonnie? Yeah. I hate to see them work so hard. Yeah, me too. Um, let's go around back where we can't see him. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? Hey, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here. Ahead of the pure white filter, Winston packs rich tobaccos specially selected and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. The Flintstone has been brought to you by Winston, America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. So to contextualize this, um, the Flintstones were sponsored very early on in their uh, their airing on television by Winston Cigarettes. Yep. Uh, yeah, to recap that clip, 
Uh, Barney and Fred are sitting outside the house in the front lawn watching their wives do the yard work as a wife would in the 50s, I guess, if you're a sexist. Um, Barney says, oh, Fred, I hate to see them work so hard. And then Fred suggests that they go, go, to, somewhere. They go somewhere else where they can't see their wives work <laughs> so they don't have to feel bad. Out of sight, out of mind, am I right? <laughs> Um, so you listen they... to Zach and the Goob on the morning zoo. <laughs> uh, so they go out back. They and they decide. Uh, Fred wants to take a nap. Which fuck that noise? We have Winston cigarettes. Yeah. What else? What better thing could you do than smoke a Winston with its single filter technology? It's so weird because like I... <laughs> commercials were all sixty seconds at the time, mm-hmm. so they had to go into like excruciatingly boring detail as to right. how the product worked. Which, um, I mean, it's it's, it's a good. cigarette. It's not that hard it's, to figure you, out. You you roll the tobacco, you light the tobacco, you inhale, you exhale. That's yeah. not a hard, difficult process. But you know, they had to have a lot of buzzwords and a lot of bullshit essentially backing it in order to uh, fill that sixty second time slot. So uh, and then at the end. Uh, Wilma? Wilma and Betty both come to the back. Wilma and Betty show up and they give them some yard, some yard tools, um, just as they get out a cigarette, uh, Winston tastes good just like a cigarette should. Yep. Um, Um, and then we, we go to the city of Bedrock, um, all the lights are turning off because it's late, and a giant Winston Winston billboard made out of a sheet of rock lights up and starts flashing in the foreground as the show goes off the air. Um, Gabriel, should they have done this in retrospect? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't illegal back in 1960 no, it wasn't. That's true. to air cigarettes, but this is, I mean, people associate the Flintstones now as more of a children's cartoon, but this was mm-hmm. kind of the first cartoon generally aimed with an adult audience. Mm-hmm. We would see that later on in the 80s with The Simpsons and the late 90s with Family Guy, but the Flintstones was sort of like the first primetime cartoon family yeah. and the first real success for Hanna-Barbera, which led them to do other advertisements. Uh, they've also done did advertisements during this time with Bush Beer, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, I don't know what family would let their kids nowadays watch their uh, cartoon icons drink beer. Right. Um or smoke cigarettes, um, because in 1970, Congress passed a law that prohibited the advertisement of smoking on television. Yeah, it turns out, well, not of smoking, but of advertising it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it turns out you shouldn't be advertising cigarettes to kids. To children. Yeah, it's you're not supposed to smoke those, it turns out. Like, somebody looked at a pack of cigarettes and saw the Surgeon General's warning and was like, Sick. Huh. Fucking rad. Two and two. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, they shouldn't have tried it. No. And you shouldn't either. Uh, so that concludes this segment, and, uh, we're gonna go back into, uh, part two of Just Try It. Yep, we'll be right back. And welcome back. We're back. Uh. Did you miss us? I know. It was a whole couple of seconds for you, I suppose. Too long. It was, it was a couple seconds for us. <laughs> it was an unnecessary break so that we could maintain the structure of our new show, which we haven't figured out yet. Um, Gabriel. Hi. You had me watch a good movie. Yes. And I returned the favor with what I'm going to call a bad movie. Uh, it's sub- subjective. Um, that movie was Flash Gordon. Flash. Ah! Da, da, da. 
Savior of the Universe! So, Flash Gordon, uh, science fiction released in 1980, um, is based on uh, a comic strip from the 30s of the same name, Flash Gordon. Um, it is a space opera, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it's Queen uh, provided the uh, theme song, which I guess is a large part of what's known for now. It's a very campy, like, 60s... Uh, how do I describe it? Like a serial? Yeah, like a serial, I guess. Um, so this is a cult classic at this point. I Rightfully so. Yeah, it's it's a very cheesy... I, I, I say it's bad. It's we'll, we'll get into that more. It's the story of... Well, I'll, I'll let you. Tell us a little bit about just the overall summary here. So, it's the story of... Um, the ruler of the universe, uh, Prince Voltan? Emperor Ming. Emperor Ming! Prince Voltan, we'll get to in a sec. Prince Voltan. That's your friend and mine. Uh, uh, Emperor Ming uh, is this uh, Fu Manchu donning supervillain who uh, shows up, looks at the planet Earth, and decides to fuck with it. Yep. Uh, and to do so, he's sending out, like, he pushes a button for earthquake, <laughs> and there's an earthquake. A volcano explosion, and, like, Mount Vesuvius explodes, you know? And as we go into the film proper, he presses the hot hail the button. The hot hail button! That would be hail, which is glowing red. You mean, like, a meteorite? I guess it looks like, um... It, that would be a I meteorite. I mean, the, pra the practical effect looks like they're dropping balls of nickel right. onto the set or something. So we follow uh, New York Jets quarterback Flash Gordon. So Flash Gordon and a young woman named Dale uh, take to the skies in a private plane... Um, so this guy named Dr. Zarkov has been planning the, um, he's been calculating the moment at which Emperor Ming will arrive, and he finally does! Uh, so Zarkov is very excited, and so in order to stop him from doing that, he's devised a rocket ship, uh, which he tries to send his assistant up in. Yep. Uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, as this hot hail and black clouds roll in, uh, Flash Gordon crashes this Crash lands this plane, which I guess they mention he has pilot training because this is a bad movie and that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Dale and Flash arrive at this lab and they get tricked by Dr. Zarkov into going into this rocket, which goes up to, uh, up into space and they travel through space and they end up, um, being captured by Emperor Ming. Yes. And what follows is this whole tale of Flash Gordon being kidnapped and, and being rescued and escaping and meeting all the different kinds of aliens that exist in this world of Flash Gordon. They do such a good job of fleshing out the world for how <laughs> shitty it is. Yeah, um, so in the comic, there are, there's Emperor Ming and his kind of, it's a planet, I guess, right? Yeah. If I recall. Um, and what he's doing is keeping all of his kingdoms in check by having them go to war with each other. So Earth is a planet he's probing. Um, and what he says later in the movie is every thousand years, he goes to a planet and just kind of dicks around with it. Um, and he was doing that at the beginning of the movie, sending the earthquakes and the hot hail. And hot fucking hail. Um, and he says if the people just attribute it to some weird natural fluke, then he assumes the planet is not harmless. But if the planet uh, decides to do something about it, he assumes that there are dangerous to his rules so he takes up the planet um so and... we learned that he's got he's it's like 11 days or something until um emperor ming blows up the planet right during which uh flash gordon has like a football style uh, yes. fight scene oh my god so yeah he's in the he's in the throne room 
and, and somebody like, throws him like an egg. It's like a green egg type deal, and he treats it like a football. Yeah. He goes into football mode, starts taking out all these fucking guards, and yeah. um, all of the different representatives from each of these uh, alien species are just like, yeah, get him, Flash, get him. Yeah. Um, one of the so let's go over a couple of these different alien races we find. We have yep. these like um these tree people who are great climbers. Yep. Uh, led by Sir Timothy Dalton, who yes. plays uh Prince Baron. Um, we have like lizard men with like creepy eyes and like yeah, like, kind of slither around like, and stuff like it's that. It's like it's like a costume that looks like maybe there's a kid in it. Yeah, but um, the face is in the lizard's mouth, so it's like the face is inside the mouth, and then there's a, an upper jaw above the head. It's right, really weird. Right. Um, they look like muppets, and um, there's a race of bird people. Yeah, like like Valkyrie almost. Led by the Prince great Voltan. Vince Voltan, played by the greatest man who will ever live, Brian fucking Blessed. Now, I I, I do have a list of his accomplishments. Please, please, I need to hear these. Brian Blessed is a very accomplished actor. He, yes. He is a knight of uh, of Great Britain, I believe, or knight of England. That's for incredible. His, for his accomplishments. Uh, I'm just going to go through his Wikipedia page for a sec. Blessed was a keen boxer in his youth and claims to have sparred with the Dalai Lama. He has attempted to climb Mount Everest three times without supplemental oxygen, reaching a maximum height of 28,200 feet. That's 8,600 meters. Holy shit. He holds a third don in judo. He has reached reached the tops of Mount uh, Aconagua in Argentina and Mount Kilimanjaro. What the fuck? He is the oldest man to go to the North Magnetic Pole on foot. On fucking foot! He has undertaken an expedition into the jungles of Venezuela, during which he survived a plane crash. Jesus Christ! Blessed has, Blessed has completed 800 hours of space training no, he has f- at what? Star City in Russia. Un- like, like, if you this can- were anybody else... I would have I would have been like you are such a bullshitter. He should have been fucking... Flash Gordon. He should have been <laughs> Flash Gordon. Can you imagine this this giant fuck of a man, this like end of a person yeah. being like I'm the quarterback for the New York Jets. I am the quarterback for the New York Jets. I've come to save the earth. <laughs> but as I, pr- as here, I, I I have to drop some Brian Blessed in here. Just stand yeah. by. Brian, it's your turn. While searching for a mythical beast in the jungle, my boat was skippered by an orangutan. (laughs) I I went as the guest of the Viceroy of Malaysia, and we were there specifically to hunt uh, for the orang pendek, upright man, uh, which is is a kind of yeti. I, we got into the canoe, and there's a canoe there, and this orangutan, they always love me, because I look like a gorilla. I got in it, and it rode, yeah, and yes. it rode, and I made noises at it. Uh, I actually g- developed uh, the noise for uh, the King of the Gungans in Star Wars. I played Boss Nass. And when the Jedi wanted me to help them, oh, they sorry, all kneeled sorry, in front want, of me. I... I stepped in front no. of me. <laughs> <laughs> This, when I did that to the orangutan, you yeah. went... <laughs> how, how far did the orangutan take you? Oh, about 10, 15, 20 miles. Oh. Very powerful. Yeah. Very did upright you feed body. Him? And the, at the end of the journey, when we got <laughs> off the bank, he gave me a wonderful, big, deep-throated kiss. This, that's our man. <laughs> and we have to... Oh, man. There's, like, a couple of parts where he's leading. It's the final... The big final battle... Um, we're not going to go into the story because the story's fucking bullshit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what you'd expect from kind of a satirical 80s uh, 
uh, serial. It's uh, Flash Gordon goes, he unites all of the kingdoms. There's a sweet fucking battle scene where they're on like a, <laughs> it's a battle to the death, and Prince Voltan is like, ah, and he pushes buttons. And yeah, he's spikes got, come he's, out of the platform. He, he yells at somebody as this. So there's like a big floating disc in the middle of a void, and it's Timothy Dalton um, and um, Sam Sam Rogers, I think his name is Sam Sam J Rogers. Yeah, Sam J Robert Rogers, who this is his only film. Like yeah, he's done a, we, he's yeah. done a bunch of smaller like directive video action movies, but like. This is the one thing he will forever be known for as being Flash Gordon. And he does a very good job. He does. Um, so yeah, um, the the prince and Flash are fighting on this giant spinning tea saucer. Um, and Brian Blessed has demanded that they fight to the death. And this fight is going on long enough, so he just kind of looks over to the side and he goes, Give me the remote control! <laughs> he's like, he's and gonna somebody... put something else on. He's yeah. gonna put football, he's gonna put like a space football on or something. So somebody brings the remote control over and he starts mashing buttons on it, and like spikes start coming out Legitimate of the saucer. fucking spikes! Out of the floor, and then it like starks rocking around, and he's laughing in the background, like, ha 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 ha! As these people are. Like, for the, pro- like, the production design and the costume quality, like all of the sets, the costumes, everything on the technical side of the movie is. Is just so spectacular. Yeah, like, absolutely. The, the movie didn't need to be so bad because <laughs> everything else is just so good and so well thought out. Um, it is a truly realized world, including one with fucking spikes that come out of a platform. What's your guess on the budget for this movie, Gabe? Um, this is in 1980. Uh, probably like 15 million. You're close. It's 20 million dollars. 20 million U.S. dollars, and it turned a profit. It did, yeah. It was, it was, I, I, I mean, there's a reason it's a classic, I guess. It's a cult classic. Yeah. Like, people are into it. But it did make money at the time. It's not like the room where it made $45. My, my favorite fucking part of this movie is when, um, the, it's the big, big battle at the end. He's united everybody. Uh, Brian Blessed is leading his bird people to revolution. And he just goes, dive! <laughs> and they all, like, descend in formation. And he does that like three times in the movie. Yeah, he let, just me, let, me, that way. let me throw those in. Oh, well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> oh, well. Who wants to live forever? Die! <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good. Like, it is like. There's like. Uh, well executed schlock in the fall. This is just straight up fucking schlock. Yeah, it's. It knows what it is, I think. Every single second of it. Um, and it's great. There's Queen. They do several songs throughout the movie. The orchestral stuff is great. Yeah. Um, just from beginning to end, it's just an absolute fucking delightfully glamorous piece of turd. And I would watch it like it might be my second favorite movie film now. <laughs> first to the room. Because... <laughs> I mean, I love good movie. I fucking love bad movies. Yeah. I love them. That is a, such a crucial part of my sense of humor and understanding me as a person, is understanding that I love shitty movies. So Flash Gordon will stay with me for a very long time. So I, I can assume that you'd watch this again. Yes. Okay. 100%. Um, I would watch it right now if we wanted to, but we're probably not going to because we're going to take one more quick break. Um, we're going to just kind of reflect on both of these films and then we'll uh, give you some other information about our show so we'll do that right now and we're back and we're back and we're back 
Sorry, we got really heated in that last segment. We're, um, uh, we're here in the Just Try It lounge, <laughs> sitting in our velvet bathrobes and drinking a nice brandy to recover from this show. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so, what have we learned today, Gabriel? What have we learned today is that movies are okay. <laughs> <laughs> Movie am good. Uh, I think something that is really important to take away from this is like, a movie can be extravagantly shot or extravagantly bad, but like you can still take away some of the same ideas from it. Like, like some of the like each both movies, though they are drastically different in scope and ambition, um, both had similar elements of humor mm-hmm. and had similar elements. So like, um, in a way, I I approach every I watch every movie the same, and like I have a discerning eye in what I notice is well executed and what is maybe done intentionally not well executed. Um, so it was cool to see um, both movies take on similar approaches to humor and jokes um, from different technological aspects. Um, what about you? Um, I like some movies. And this is another one that I like, and that's that's Maybe a that's a big five. yeah that's a big discovery for me because it's not often that I find something I'm really into. So um, I think the last time was maybe Snowpiercer. Yeah. Um. Here's an idea, and we'll cut this if it's not funny. I would like to rate these movies, these these things we've tried, with a a an idiom. An idiom. For example. For Flash Gordon, I would like to rate it. Sometimes things that are expensive <laughs> are worse. Flash Gordon. Um, and I think I would rate The Fall a big things come in small packages out of five. Okay. Um, and I think that's mostly due to the fact that the young uh, girl who played Alexandria in the movie... Uh, is the biggest proponent as to why that movie succeeds. Yeah, I think even looking at it that way in general, like it's it it it's a teeny the tiny movie. movie. Itself, yeah, the movie itself is not an epic. It, it's it's the story of a guy telling a story. Yeah, you know, um, obviously that story is pretty crazy. But the story we're actually hearing is just a guy interacting with a, a little girl in a hospital and trying to you know use her to get drugs. That's really all it is. Um, Flash Gordon is the opposite of that. It's a movie about a guy killing the emperor of the universe. And literally and becoming... becoming savior of the universe. Yeah. Um, so, I think this is a good place to call it. Folks, thank you very much for listening to the very first ever episode of Just Try It. Yeah. We're both very, very, very excited about this project, and we can't wait to get it off the ground. Um, we are going to have some social media set up by the time this goes up. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a Twitter set up. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at justtryitshow. Um, you can also email us at justtryitshow at gmail.com. We're going to try something in the show that we really didn't do last time uh, because this is going to be a longer project. Um, if you have any ideas or suggestions or if you just liked what you heard... Um, Tweet us at Just Try It Show with the hashtag that wasn't so bad. Yep. Uh, don't incorporate the apostrophe and wasn't in that because that will break up the hashtag. It's uh, if you go to our Twitter page, it is right there in the bio. 
Hasht- I think if you click on it, it'll tweet. I don't know how Twitter works, but... Hashtag, that wasn't so bad. Hashtag, that wasn't so bad. Folks, we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much. Oh, God, is it next week? Are we going to do... Are we, are we doing do- new things every week? We didn't think this through at all. <laughs> um, stay tuned. We'll probably have a, a, a more solid format uh, by the time this episode goes up. So thank you very much again, and we'll see you next time, whenever that may be. Bye, everybody. See you later. Okay, let's take a Um, quick break. Yeah. And we will get back to it. Did I just break my watch? Leave that in.